0: Good morning, it is Friday, February 2nd, and you've tuned in to the Newsmax Daily Podcast. I'm your fill-in host for the day, Kay Smythe. You may have seen me on Newsmax's Frontline with Carl Higby every Thursday for Culture Clash with Sean Farash. You've possibly read my news and commentary articles on the Daily Caller. And today we've got some, I don't know if I want to call it fun, but we've certainly got some interesting stuff for you today. I'm going to try and make it fun. Um we got some interesting news for you today from across the political and cultural spectrum. So let's start with Donald Trump Jr on with Eric Bowling last night. Here's what he had to say about Nikki Haley ugh, and Robert F Kennedy Jr.
1: Why is Nikki Haley not getting the message and stepping aside? This is this is your dad's uh, run against uh, Biden to win, to win. Well, I mean, because she's doing the bidding of the Democrats and the establishment. I
2: mean, like you said, that party is over. That party has been done for a long time. It should have been done a lot sooner, but they didn't have a force that could actually stop the nonsense. Donald Trump came in, realized that, hey, you can put America first. You can put the hardworking people of this country first. You can actually fight for them. And guess what? shockingly. You can actually get results if you don't try the same old failed policies of the Uni party in Washington, D.C. That worked. We saw real wage growth for the lowest income earners. We were actually signing peace deals in the Middle East. The things that everyone has talked about for half a century, but no one's ever been able to accomplish because we're ruled by idiots. They're great at bearing bureaucrats. It's sort of like Anthony Fauci. He was never a good doctor. He was certainly never the best doctor, but he was the best bureaucrat. If someone got in his way, he'd figure out how to stab them in the back and make them a non-entity. He learned how to work the media and the press to make it seem like he knew what he was doing, despite a 40 years of failure within his career
1: in the field of medicine. Let's take a listen to Nikki Haley. And here's the problem with this. She doesn't go after your dad for policy differences that she has with him. Oddly enough, she's using the Democrat strategy. She's going after him over over age. Listen, are
2: we really in this country going to have two 80 year olds running for president? It is a fact that when you are their age, you have mental decline. I don't care who you are. You have mental decline. He didn't just get me confused. He mentioned it over and over and over again. Mm, He's not what he was in 2016. He has declined. Mm. That's a fact. Your thoughts. Well, listen, I I think it's laughable. I, I don't think there's anyone with who's actually being intellectually honest that wouldn't say that regardless of age, Donald Trump has far more energy than Nikki Haley, is far more intelligent than Nikki Haley, has real world experience, unlike Nikki Haley in terms of getting these things done for the American people. And what's really unique, Eric, about 2024 is now You have two people, really, because it's a two-person race. Despite what Nikki Haley says, it ain't her and Trump. It's Trump and Joe Biden. You have two people, and you will have four years of track record to run on. You don't get to see that. Normally, you get to see what we get from politicians, which is a lot of talk but you have four years of record under Trump. Now you have three and a half years under Biden and it's a disaster. No one can look at those two things and say that Joe Biden's gonna keep failing the American people and they're gonna vote for it because that's exactly what you've gotten out of his presidency. Under Trump, you had peace and you had prosperity sort of a no-brainer. Right now, you have the opposite of that, as we're on the verge of multiple fronts and multiple wars, that Nikki Haley would love to keep going so that she can keep board seats on you know, Boeing and do whatever that she's been doing uh, as a neocon
1: warmonger for the last 30 years. Nikki Haley, she, she, if she doesn't drop out after losing South Carolina by 20-plus points or 30, whatever the numbers, it's clear that, that she's being supported by some not some people do not. Yeah, Eric, in, it's clear it, anyway, but yes. OK, okay fair enough. Um, RFK 2 T- tell me about third party candidates and, and, and that effect. And, you know, I, I personally think I like the guy. I like RFK two not as president, but I think I want him in there because I think it only fortifies Donald Trump if RFK two stays in, in the race.
2: Well, you know, it, it, it was interesting. I, I saw it sort of started like nine months ago. He was appearing in my social feeds from people I don't follow, but they were force-feeding it down there because I think they were trying to create, you know, a, a cudgel to Trump, someone else. But the reality is, RFK is a radical liberal who happens to be anti-vax. That may be the one policy where where he leans a little bit right. But he was for open borders for his entire life. He's against farmers. He was a radical environmentalist. Uh, He was super anti-gun. You know, he says he's changed his his mind. He's changed his mind on everything that he did for decades. Everything magically six months ago? I don't believe
0: that. Well, I hate to break it to you, Don but I also used to be a screaming liberal. When I first moved to America, I was I was pretty stupid. Like I was not a smart person. Um, I didn't think the world could be run on sunshine and rainbows. I've always been vehemently opposed to communism as an idea for politics, because like it doesn't work. We tried it, it doesn't work. But living in California for all of about five minutes was enough for me to basically turn around look in the mirror and go oh I got a lot wrong oh so wrong seriously if you had told me 10 years ago that I would be here today proudly working with news mags writing some of the best stuff I've ever written I'd have said you were mad but I'm not stupid when it comes to macro social issues and when you look at how democrat policies have shaped the sociology of America versus republican policies well let's just look at the border like the southern border and the northern border, which I don't think gets enough attention, um, because there's just as many illegals coming through on the northern border. The Republicans are trying to mitigate one of the greatest humanitarian crises in modern history. And the Democrats are either ignoring it or calling us racist for not liking sex and drug trafficking. And part of me, maybe I'm naive about this, part of me does want to believe that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. can change his mind that quickly. But that's only because I know I did. But to be honest with you, I can see why Donald Trump Jr. doesn't trust him until we see that action. Anyway, our next clip comes from Carl Higby's Frontline. And I mean, it's Carl, guys. You gotta love Carl, and you're gonna love this.
3: The Secretary of Defense just took the podium today and admitted that he handled his absence like really poorly. And simultaneously, the axis of global stability basically tipped over on its head in the last four hours. Now- Given what I'm about to explain to you, if you were the enemy of the United States, you wouldn't probably be all that worried about attacking our troops with guys in positions of power like this. But I want to be crystal clear. We did not handle this right, and I did not handle this right. And that's the understatement of the century. Look, I've been warning you guys, projecting weakness, you know that at home, projecting weakness on a global stage, not a good idea ever. It just it's not. And you can imagine the the brief he got after that press conference, because that's when everything exploded. After saying all week that the U.S., we got this plan, guys, don't worry. But we didn't actually do anything to any of the people that shot at Americans. Those plans finally have been approved from the mythical approval process for a series of strikes over a number of days against targets, including Iranian personnel and facilities not in Iran. It's important to note, and I'll get to this in a second, that Syria is actually involved here and has more influence over what we do than you might think. Why is there this sudden sense of urgency, though? I mean, like, five seconds after that headline popped up, this came across, quote, U.S. sees signs that Iran is worried about escalating proxy attacks amid heightened tensions. I mean, basically, Iran funded a bunch of radical zealots in the Houthis, and now they can't control that. I mean, who could have possibly seen that coming? Iran is thinking, oh, what if these savage Houthis that we just armed to the hilt actually carry out the attacks that we armed them for and that they told us they were going to do anyway? Tehran is worried about becoming lakefront property at this point. But don't worry, not at the hands of the United States of America. New, no, new. No. This just rolled in also this afternoon. England which hasn't been a superpower in a very long time, like 1776, is set to test fire a nuclear-capable Trident missile for the first time in almost a decade. Five seconds later, we hear about another thing. The U.K. ship in the Red Sea was getting fired on by these same rebels that Iran is worried about. What the hell is going on in this world since lunchtime? Is anybody interested in not being at war anywhere, anyone? I mean, seriously. And if that's not bad enough... Israel's northern neighbor Lebanon and their Hezbollah militia are reportedly planning for a full-scale war against one another with both sides claiming that basically inevitable now keep in mind the military power between these two could be a near total destruction of both sides but don't worry this came rolling in today too Hamas is actually considering a ceasefire for like the hundredth time and Biden just sanctioned a bunch of Israeli settlers this all in time for your evening commute guys this is all brought to you by this party.
4: Okay, the adults are back in the
1: room. Yeah. Simply put, the adults are back in the room. It's to show that the adults are back in the room. <laughs> this
3: is like we don't live in a real world anymore. These adults are going to get a bunch of people killed. I'm, I'm not laughing at the seriousness, I'm laughing at how crazy it is. This is the cost of weak leadership. I cannot overstate this. Biden's enemies. And, well, our enemies, they're laughing at us right now. And unfortunately, you and I might be the collateral damage. We're talking about global supply chain crisis, world war, food shortages, like I talked about yesterday with all the farmer protests over in Europe. That's going to affect us, too. This administration's entire foreign policy, and we've played it before for you guys, the one that our enemies just couldn't care less about has been one word.
1: What is your message to hezbollah and its backer iran don't 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 what's the message to iran don't
3: it was very important to send a very clear message to anyone who might seek to take advantage of the conflict in gaza to threaten our personnel uh, here or anywhere else in the region don't do it Turns out, desperate, starving, American-hating, religious zealots in the middle of a desert don't give a damn about your one-line slogan of foreign policy. Apparently, neither does China, which I'll get to in just a second. Look, I have beaten this to death. When Trump found terrorists, he used the most powerful non-nuclear explosive to take the top half off of a mountain. But waiting five days to hit a target that killed Americans doesn't exactly instill fear. From from where those missiles were launched, folks, we could put a fighter jet overhead in less than 18 minutes at their top speed. Our carrier battle groups in the region, because we got three over there, carry hundreds of these planes with hundreds of thousands of pounds of munitions. We don't have 11 carrier battle groups for some day. That day was last week. These are not just for display. We're talking about nuclear-powered moving cities at 50 miles an hour with enough firepower to rewrite half the geological features of the planet. If an enemy drone or a rocket or a missile, whatever, leaves the ground, in any one of like three dozen countries that we monitor heavily, we know about it. There is zero reason for that base that this drone came from that killed American soldiers shouldn't be a hole in the ground right now. But instead, they wait five days to do anything. Look, we're at a breaking point. More and more of America's enemies are doing really crazy stuff right now. They're pushing the envelope. We're not even talking about the cyber stuff. They pushed the envelope under Obama when, they, when Russia invaded Crimea. North Korea was launching all kinds of weird stuff. China was manipulating its currency predatory practices, not to mention what they were spying on us. When Trump came to office, almost all of this stuff stopped. And our enemies held their breath because no one had any idea what Trump was going to do if they crossed us. All the media claims, you know, he's going to start a world war. He stopped the world war. You know how many other countries are watching America right now? Tons. One rhymes with China, who's currently funding military bases and infrastructure and mining operations in a whole lot of countries that we also rely on for resources.
0: China terrifies me. I've been to China several times. Terrifying. Absolutely terrifies me what they are capable of doing. So I am so appreciative to Carl For always kind of turning the news In a direction that I've never seen anyone do before He gives you the stuff as bluntly as possible I don't know if a lot of people know this But he writes all of his monologues himself And they're absolutely brilliant But I want to quickly move on to another big issue One that's as close to my heart As mitigating the collapse of America By our foreign adversaries Ugh, what a word The destruction of real women in America Here's more from National Report
5: Sitting here with me is Paula Scanlon. She is a former UPenn swimmer and a Leah Thomas teammate. Thanks for coming in, uh, for sharing your story. We appreciate you being here. I know it's probably tough to talk about, especially since uh, you've dealt with this firsthand, but I want to know what you make of this lawsuit.
6: Yeah, I think the lawsuit is incredibly unfair. I think FINA made the ruling and it's a it's offensive to them they made the decision they revisited the science they made the conclusion that men shouldn't compete in women's sports and to file any type of claim against that is against the governing body that they had claimed previously had done the right thing so it's very interesting that they only like the rules when it applies to them. Uh, the Court of
5: Arbitration for Sports saying in a news release, that, quote, Miss Thomas accepts that fair competition is a legitimate sporting objective and that some regulation of the transgender women in swimming is appropriate. However, uh, Thomas submits that the challenge provisions are invalid and unlawful as they discriminate against her, contrary to the Olympic Charter, the World Aquatics Constitution and Swiss law, including European Convention on Human Rights and the Convention of the Elimination of All Forms of Discrimination against women. Uh, Your thoughts on this, because Leah Thomas didn't grow up a woman, um, can't be discriminated against as a a woman because she wasn't born as one. Um, What does this send the message to uh, born biological women?
6: It's incredibly offensive to me. And I think that that statement reads to me, okay, we're okay with one year of testosterone suppressant, but anything, right, they, they don't want them fully banned. They just say one year is enough and we're going to be good enough. And I think the entire season was evident that men shouldn't compete in women's sports. And it was a, it's just as a, as a woman who's worked so hard my entire life to compete, it's just so rude to us to think that men can compete in our sports and anyone can be a woman if they just suppress their hormones for a year, which is what they agreed to, right? They said some regulation, I think, which means the one year of hormones, which was the previous ruling.
5: And not only do uh, you as a a born female swimmer have to have potentially titles stolen from you, you also had to deal with just the discomfort of sharing a locker room uh, with someone who was not born your gender. You've been outspoken about this, saying that it made you and your former teammates very uncomfortable. If they do reverse this policy, What sort of a message does that send to women who are being so honest and open about their feelings and and what it must feel like to, to just change in a locker room with someone who was born a biological male? What message does that send to them? Well,
6: it tells us all that our feelings don't matter. But it also, what's the point of having women's sports if we're going to allow anyone to compete in them? I think we're seeing now in other sports, there's leagues. There was just this league that had five people that we're men on a women's team. What is the point of women's sports if we're going to allow men to join them? We might as well cut the program and make every single sports co-ed because there's no point if we're going to allow these policies. So we either stand by having women's sports for women only, or we don't. And I think that we should stand for having women's sports for women only.
5: For you, having been someone who was on uh, Leah's team, should she be allowed to compete in the Olympics or even go to the qualifiers? How would that make you feel?
6: I think that it would make me really upset um i don't think i think if thomas wanted to try and do that with the men i'm i welcome that um but ultimately if you were not born female you should not be a female olympian you should not be competing on the ncaa level you shouldn't be competing at the high school level sports categories are sex based and they exist for a reason and if we can't protect that then what's the point of having the category
0: and finally today we've got rob schmidt on immigration listen to this guys brilliant stuff
4: video of illegal immigrants attacking New York City cops in Times Square went viral this week. It's amazing to watch. It shows two officers getting pummeled by dangerous, ungrateful, 20-something-year-old fake asylum seekers in the heart of Manhattan. Somehow they have the restraint not to use excessive force. I don't know how. Men who fled their homeland to come terrorize ours, abusing our asylum laws, cheered on by the White House. These are the military-aged men that our border experts have been warning us about. Millions of these guys pouring into the country with our national media desperately trying to paint them as innocent victims of oppression somewhere. In truth, if you know anything about what asylum really means, nobody coming into this country is an actual asylum seeker, except perhaps maybe the Venezuelans fleeing communism. Ironically, Biden's DHS has been actually sending those people back. Because they might not vote the way they want them to. To make the story even worse, though, the New York story, this vicious group of ungrateful thugs were released without bail by Manhattan Attorney General Alvin Bragg, making this story a highlight reel of left-wing idiocy, open border migration, and an unwavering tolerance for violent crime combined together. Watching a gang of illegal migrants beat up American cops and then be released on no bail, flipping the middle finger at the cameras, is a perfect picture of America today, collapsing under the weight of Western guilt and cultural Marxism. And as quality of life continues to plummet in our major cities with gangs of these illegals cruising around on stolen scooters and swiping phones and purses right out of women's hands as they stand at the intersection. The people who once cheered for open borders, well, they now sound like this.
6: Get them all and send them back. We don't don't touch our police officers. We don't touch anybody.
4: Oh, Kathy Hochul is now tough on illegal immigration, it would seem. I suppose unchecked illegal migration is no longer part of who we are, like it was when Donald Trump was president of the United States. Hochul now sounds like Eric Adams, and they're both starting to sound more like Donald Trump every day, who was the president when these same people mocked border security and started lobbying for the insanity that now threatens their political power.
2: This state has always thrived by embracing people from other countries, other lands, people saying coming without knowing the language. Maybe they didn't have a lot of skills, but they're given a chance
1: Those folk who are coming across are the ones who are helping to put food on our table. Without them, we're not able to eat.
0: We need immigrants. This country would collapse without immigrants. We are a nation of immigrants and the culture that they bring to this country. It is immigrants who historically, in addition to all others, who have helped strengthen our country, strengthen our economy,
4: You notice one thing, that they always say immigrants. They never say illegal immigrants. They're hoping that you'll just put those two things together. In truth, conservatives have never had a problem with legal immigration to this country. They love it. And immigration is just one of several examples of the true nature of the politics that we are up against. Leftism always takes something functional, something secure, and destroys it and they do so in the name of virtue. Immigration in this country was as secure as it had ever been. The left destroyed it, feeding you lies about what America really means, telling you that anybody should be allowed to come here and just dole off the system
0: thank you so much for tuning in today folks and from this extremely legal tax-paying legal resident alien with zero representation have a beautiful weekend thank you for listening to the newsmax daily podcast with me your fill-in host case Smythe. god bless you and god bless america
2: news breaks every minute every day you need the app the newsmax app Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.